A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Get The Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and the Dadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamplett and Michael Sidgwick, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, oh! AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions like this one, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick and Jets, we are gathered here today to talk new directions for WWE after WrestleMania. And there's really only one place to start, Michael Sidgwick, and that is with Cody Rhodes. Your thought on his arrival in WWE and whether or not he's going to achieve his dream as he announced on Raw of becoming world champion. I kind of think that he's asked for it in the creative meetings and the sort of monetary sort of discussions. Um, it's obviously what he wants to do. It's a story he's going to tell. Um, at WrestleMania, I thought it was an absolutely tremendous spectacle. They really, in fact, it was so surreal that for the first five minutes of the match, I couldn't really get into it. I was just trying to process mm. like the, the imagery, the, the, the mere presence of Cody Rhodes, the AEW EVP Cody Rhodes in this shocking new context. It's literally the real forbidden door that no one has yet passed through on any meaningful level other than um, Cody Rhodes himself. thought the match itself was tremendous. Great WWE popcorn match. Um, really dramatic. I thought, again, it was so surreal that you couldn't really sort of lock into the work they were doing, but I thought Cody sold his midsection tremendously. Um, the pacing was tremendous. The last five minutes were all built to phenomenally well. His promo was distinctly, uniquely Cody Rhodes. Mm -hmm. Unless a creative writer has got an uncanny grasp of his cadence, his vocabulary, it is absolutely him. So, yeah, it's the authentic presentation. Me and Hamlet were discussing this earlier. You'd have to go back all the way to 1991 mm. for what is probably the rule-proven exception of WWE taking a guy and saying, we have to present you as is to preserve you as the, the star you are. Obviously, Ric Flair and Cody Rhodes are different levels of star, but I can't think of a single person who's been imported from a different company who was treated with such respect and reverence from the jump. You could argue Goldberg in 2003 because his... Uh, Debut segment was amazing, but the match itself wasn't worked to his strengths. The Cody one absolutely was. Um, very excited about the direction. He's the most fascinating man of all pro wrestling. Every sort of question we've had on the news and on podcasts, it's all the Cody-verse is still rapidly expanding. Mm. In terms of what he does, I know he's mentioned that he's absolutely going for the WWE title. And WWE being WWE, it's hard to discover whether, oh, you know, well, he's on Raw and Roman Reigns is on SmackDown. It's like they've been doing a brand split <laughs> death 
for the past month in the run-up to WrestleMania. My feeling is, is that the way this company operates, they will have one thing in mind, maybe two tops for WrestleMania 39, and that is Rock versus Roman, if in fact they can do it, and Becky versus Ronda. Everything else is up for discussion, or rather it isn't because they have nowhere near... Uh, discussed it to any meaningful no. level just yet. So my feeling on that basis, just knowing how it works, I'm not being cynical, that is literally how it works. My feeling is that they are going to run Cody versus Roman sooner rather than later. I expect it to um, probably happen at SummerSlam mm-hmm. at the very latest. Look, we could be recording this on Thursday and they could run an angle on SmackDown on Friday. My feeling is they're going to do it sooner rather than later. And he's going full, full babyface on this. Um, I don't know the exact reason why he left. I think it'll be years before we discover it, if at all. But I feel like he wants to be treated as a babyface. He's gone full babyface. Whether or not there'll be some kind of tribalistic reaction if and when he confronts Roman Reigns and lays down the challenge, that'll be super interesting to me because they want to really cheer Roman Reigns. He Mm. feels like the guy... And an interesting counterpoint, I don't think Hamlet sensed that in the stadium when he was there in real life. But for me, from the outside looking in, I just think people get their their tribalistic senses going when they see them both in the ring and think, hang on, he's the interloper. He's the guy who's talked trash about our beloved company. And Roman Reigns is the guy who's the head of that company. So really interesting character dynamic going forward, whether they can be fluid with it. But sooner rather than later, that title challenge is happening for me. Yeah, I think so. And I wish that wasn't the case, to be honest. Um Cody Rhodes' first uh, WWE promo is probably the most AEW-like one he's ever going to be yeah. able to cut. By which I mean, obviously, you know, we don't know the exact details of the negotiations, but as Cedric pointed out, there's presumably his long-term... He, he said in an interview it was obviously for many reasons, but one of which was to continue living out a Dusty Rhodes-related legacy, or maybe even just preserving the legacy of Dusty Rhodes within WWE, and he feels like he can have more of a handle on that. But he's already folded that into attempting to tell quite a long-term story. It's it's not impossible, but it's not it's not likely that it's Cody versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania Backlash, let's say. And how often in WWE do the wrestlers are wrestlers permitted to focus on more than the exact thing they're focusing on at that very moment? It's so rare that there's more than one story happening in a wrestler's life. Very occasionally you get a backstage segment where a couple of angles overlap. And even then, it's almost never now. You are permitted to be focused on the one person you're feuding with and nothing else matters. So Cody, theoretically, has already set up this thing to just sort of fester in the background. He's going to be interrupted next week or he's going to, you know, fall afoul of a heel next week and that's going to be his first program. But we know that deep down it's always going to be about him getting back to Roman Reigns. So I hope they've got the patience to drag it out a long time. I I don't think the WrestleMania next year thing is worth ruling out, but it doesn't feel like Cody will be Roman's first, WWE's first choice for Roman Reigns. Um, You can assume that Roman's going to hold a belt for the duration. So it is going to be Cody Roman they're looking at. He wasn't, um, I don't think he mentioned it by name, did he, when he was talking about the the ex-champions or the people with the belt? He didn't, they chose not to have Cody utter his name yet, so that seems to matter. I did appreciate the one opens the show, one closes the show, symmetry of it. Here's our two biggest stars, uh, as physically far apart as they can be on the night, knowing that that day will come. I like all that sort of thing. And that just feels like a positive influence on the card as a whole, on the title picture as a whole. The longer they can hold it off, the better. Because even if they, um, I don't think they're going to break Cody, but I certainly expect them to bruise him. Mm. We won't feel as we all did on Saturday for Cody in six months, for example. And that's not to be pessimistic or anything like that. You just have to be realistic with the circumstances. He'll know that just as well as anybody. 
his aura is going to be slightly diminished. His uh, act and the veneer of this interloper will be ever so slightly chipped away at over the next few months. But come Royal Rumble, that is the only time in which he kind of needs to be in that conversation again anyway, if they've managed to extend it to WrestleMania or even make it part of the conversation. So I've got high hopes for the Cody Rhodes title story. It's just how they juggle everything else he's going to do. Um, I sort of thought about this a lot over the weekend. The debut was this wonderful, incredible spectacle on a really wonderful, incredible night. That's one week of the WWE calendar. Mm. He's now got to deal with the other 51, and the other 51 looks like the other 51 weeks of watching WWE. Look where like Kevin Owens was on Saturday compared to Monday. It was yeah. quite literally night and day. Mm. Um, that will happen to Cody eventually, unless like the only guy who's got the exception, like sort of quality to that rule is Roman Reigns, in my opinion. Uh, one of the other big stories, of course, coming out of WrestleMania 38 is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, he wrestled twice. Uh, well, he wrestled Kevin Owens and then he did what he did to, to Vince McMahon yeah. on the Sunday. And and you've been talking a lot about this whilst we were out there, about that potentially not being the last Stone Cold Steve Austin match we see. Well, so before WrestleMania, it was my belief that this wouldn't be made official and it wouldn't be that it was the very reason they hadn't promoted it as such you know maybe he wasn't confident or they weren't confident and on the night he'd see how it felt and then he'd consider giving it another go if it felt right it turns out to be fair to WB it was they kind of played a blinder it was a, a total masterstroke they gave you just enough to sell the tickets to promote the idea of Steve Austin and then all you need to do is go back and listen to the pop for the appearance of a referee and the word match and the bell ringing those were pops as big as the glass smash because what people realized they were getting was something far bigger than they'd already even imagined Wrestlers um, historically have, say, stepped away or have attempted to stay retired and then have gotten a taste and they've taken that first bump or they've had that first reaction from the crowd. Um, the post-match interview with Steve Austin, as these things typically are with Steve Austin, was really illuminating after the fact he was incredibly humbled by the reaction he'd received. He was doing his best to say, my biggest fear was having to go out there and follow all the amazing superstars mm. he was speaking very much like a retired pro that couldn't believe he'd had this one last go and couldn't believe it had gone that well but the point is the plaster has been ripped off the 19 year plaster has been ripped off and just historic wrestling precedents even for a guy like steve austin who's got the most unbelievable wrestler instincts maybe of anyone ever in terms of what he does in ring and his decisions outside of the ring as pertains to his career um i just think he's got something now tangible to lean on. He's got that reaction. He's got that moment. He's got that feeling. He's even maybe got that ego of thinking, I did something really good for Kevin Owens, and I love Kevin Owens. What if I could do something really good for somebody else? We might not be going down the route of the easy street Saudi Arabian payday, but that's not to say a pay-per-view of this standing or you know, a surprise Royal Rumble appearance where he is eliminated again to help that last person. I, I just think that there's been too much precedent to suggest, like with other wrestlers over time, that even Stone Cold Steve Austin might have felt something again and and questioned what very small contributions he might be able to make in the, in like the next couple of years to come. Yeah, the thing about Austin is that his style works so perfectly mm -hmm. in this sort of legend part-timer role in a way distinct to say for example Shawn Michaels everyone expects him to stop the show work like the best match of the night with these athletic gifts and I know he emphasized the selling to a very melodramatic extent deeper into his career and but he carried a, the last match yeah absolutely <laughs> there's a 
there's a huge distinction between what was expected of a Shawn Michaels return to a Steve Austin. Because the best thing about um, the Austin return for me, other than the fact that they just marketed it so wonderfully, complete over-delivery, which is so atypical of WWE, and it just works so well on that basis, is that it was like a match-come angle. So they had um, the walk and brawl, which Austin was doing in 1998, so it never really felt too dissimilar to the old Stone Cold. And they did the stuff with the ATV, is it called? Yeah. Um, it's just a wonderful side gag, that, and another shortcut, another easy pop. It's got a vehicle. It's got Kevin Owens' face reacting to it. Like, this comeback game is a lot easier for someone like Stone, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin than it would be for anybody else. Mm. And he's smart enough to work around his limitations. Hamlet's right, is one of the smartest guys in pro wrestling ever. And that kind of magic never really wears off. I mean, until AEW came along, being part of the content game, we sold a lot of articles and videos and the like talking about, oh, these great Stone Cold Steve Austin moments, like they are indelible and they never get tiresome. You could listen to the sound of the bedpan every single day yes. <laughs> and still laugh at it. That's the eternal magic of uh, Steve Austin. He makes smoke and mirrors, like, permanent, if you like. And it's Saudi payday. Is that what you, th- you think it may be? You can't really drink beers there. <laughs> like, like a lot of the act is really quite nullified. They could have some jokes that he could do some soda, if you know, if you're one of the youngs. <laughs> uh, look, he's not a starving artist. Um, but at the same time, people who have money like money, hence why they get more money. He could destroy all of this as pro wrestling. Every last one of them is a carny. I would say, yes, he will do a Saudi show. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, we also saw on night two Triple H leave his boots in the ring, of course. Uh, understandable with his, with his health issues. So who's next for Triple H? Well, the, the question <laughs> I was going to ask is... <laughs> it I, I better hope, not be that. I hope it's just, this doesn't come across as too insensitive, but I've seen people speculating online about, and I hate... GM roles. I think that you've spoken at great length about how Jesus they should Christ. be left alone for a long while. But people have suggested that could be something that Triple H transitions into, into a more of a, you know, sort of William Regal in an NXT role. So not a, a heel or a baby face, but just an authority figure that does 
the bare minimum. You, you, what do you think about a new role for Triple H? Certainly not on screen. Like, I'm not the biggest Triple H guy by any measure whatsoever, but, like, an on-screen role, even if it's not in the ring and physically, athletically demanding, it still comes with an awful lot of stress. Like, if people tire of a potential Triple H GM character or a commissioner or whatever, like, the stress of that will weigh heavily on him if he doesn't pull the ratings, if... People start taking the piss out the fact that he says the fact of the matter is we're going to have an impromptu match every single week. Um, I don't think it's in his future at all, nor should it be. Um, as far as I'm aware, he's currently working in the background on the NIL nil project, trying to recruit um, in a sort of in a similar role to what he was doing. He's still kind of developing talent. Um, he's just not running the on-screen um, manifestation of it. Yeah, I don't want to see him in a GM role. I don't think he's. It's, I'm not a doctor, you know, mm-hmm. my dad, but um, it's not good for his health from yeah. what I've read of it. And I hate authority figures. You're not his dad, but you're not his dad in law, so you're not going to force him to put the <laughs> back on and get in the ring and work him At the end of the day, <laughs> I'm not his dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's strange. Triple H, of all the people, uh, it was obvious why, you know, it wasn't wrong of anybody, ourselves included, to imagine that one day he might have been the heir to all of this and the various. In the various changing picture of Vince McMahon's inner circle over the years, Triple H was one of the guys, for a lot of reasons, felt like he was just going to be permanently there, and yet nothing is ever for certain amongst Vince McMahon. I will say, trying to read between the lines of the interview he did shortly before WrestleMania, and then even to a lesser extent there, the body language of his of his return, and you know how he spoke briefly, but quite profoundly, I suppose, at WrestleMania about you know his career, without going 20 minutes, I really appreciated that. Like <laughs> Broke the habit of a lifetime at just the right time. He, maybe this time off, as enforced and as potentially terrifying as it might have been, was what he needed. Wrestlers, not least Triple H, in the role that he's had all these years, ever feel permitted to step away from it all. You're not encouraged to. It's not a working culture within WWE to do that, especially not in the roles that Triple H has had, especially not when you're married in. He kind of he signed a document that was labelled marriage licence, that, that like signed him up for working every hour of every day that Vincent Mann requested. And then something unexpected has taken him out of that. And he just, I don't know, he seemed to be speaking, my speculation entirely, about wrestling for the first time ever at a bit of a distance. You know, he's started to appreciate the the quality of his life outside of it. What wrestling has given him, you know, mm. like, um, is, is, you know, his, his great wealth, his family, his time, all of these things. And maybe a reduced role where he's out of the political shark tank a little bit, where he won't be judged so much on his call-ups because he's going to be following their playbook, for his, to use his word, their playbook for who the type of people want to hire, these athletes that he's going to be bringing through. The pressure's probably going to be off compared to what was expected of him when he was running these awesome shows on a Saturday night that he was getting bollocked for on a Sunday because he wasn't producing the talent that Vincent Mann actually wanted. It could just be me. It could just be, I'm trying to not look at this with wrestling fan brain. And from a real-life point of view, it looks to me like an awful thing that's happened to him could actually have the positive outcome of giving him a much clearer and easier road for the next 10 years. And I say 10 years because he's still Paul Levesque and he's still going to sit back and he's still going to watch and he's still going to wait. Mm. And, you know, nothing's forever there. So I, I, I don't doubt that he's keeping an eye, but this sort of might be the perfect role at the perfect time. What's next for Bianca Belair? She had one of the best matches of the weekend with, with Becky Lynch. She has regained the Raw Women's Championship and... We were anticipating on the Raw after WrestleMania her next opponent to be already announced. They've held off on that. What, what do you think the future's got for her? 
I'm cautiously excited about Bianca Belair's year. You know, I would rarely say this about a mo- anyone. Anyone, yeah. A modern WWE superstar, yeah, anyone. Um, you, you don't get long-term stories almost ever. You don't get much autonomy or creative freedom or any kind of, any expression without the amount of trust that takes a lot longer than Bianca Belair's had on the main roster to build up. But um, there is an, an immediate awesome rematch based on evidence with Becky Lynch off the back of the bruised eye. Um, of the pretty cool hair angle before WrestleMania. There's a couple of things you can do to add heat and stakes if you want to do that one more time at Backlash. It's probably going to be the thing that eventually drives Becky Lynch's babyface turn. So Bianca Belair gets to be in the DNA of the return of the man or, you know, the the big star that people genuinely want Mm. back. Bianca Belair gets to take a bit of credit for that. And in the meantime, she can become one herself. The women's division is in desperate need of care and attention in 2022. They kind of, they got their way to WrestleMania with two major main event level matches, one of which delivered on that level, the other far more divisive, but not a total disaster. And Ronda Rousey's kind of still a, a bit of a project. But the the women's division is in like desperate need of some love and attention. And that always has to start with the champion. And at very least, I think they now, in their own mind, I think they believe they did do some long-term storytelling with this Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair thing. I think they... They didn't have this plan from the beginning, and they shouldn't have bothered with it. They shouldn't have created so much work to have to do a load of upheaval. But I think they believe their own video packages, and that Bianca Belair, the character, needed this, and she had to go through something as if she hadn't spent the last two or three years saying she was the greatest, and then proving she was the fastest and the coolest and all that, as if that wasn't her entire gimmick in the first place. But we have landed here anyway, and that's that's the main thing. They've done this before with wrestlers, and they do cool on them. You've got the likes of, well, the three that are on the bench as we record this, Asuka, Bailey, and Alexa Bliss, have all been that wrestler before. And all it took was one bad match or one kind of wrong turn in the character, Mm -hmm. and things have gone off the rails. But now as they're all out, they're missed. And you think about the star power they could provide to the roster and how much further along they are than so many others on there. And I think Bianca Belair has entered that very, very small in a circle. And I don't... I don't think you can. I, I don't think he can ruin her. I think if nothing else, this last six months can show that, like Asuka and like a Bailey, nothing can really kill them at this point because there's too much love built built in and built up amongst us, like amongst the fan base. Feud, it doesn't really matter. She'll bounce month to month, having long term, having, having short term stories, and they'll maybe have one eye on a WrestleMania rematch with either Becky or a WrestleMania from last year rematch with Sasha for SummerSlam because it's back in a stadium. My forecast for Bianca Belair, and it gives me no pleasure to think this or say it out loud, is that it's going to be really, really boring. And she's simply, however, so goddamn talented, such an amazing big stage player. She's already Mrs. WrestleMania for me. Like, they should build the entire women's division around Bianca Belair, at Mm -hmm. least at that time of year. What a streak she can go on of victories. They should have replicated this. When 2014 ended, they should have thought of something like this Becky Lynch thing, that uh, this Bianca Belair thing that they've kind of stumbled into where she's just an incredible big match player on the night. Uh, they should have crafted this, as it happens. They've happened upon something like this by um, accident. Look, she's amazing. She's so great at WrestleMania, but look at recent precedent. Like, I'm not being cynical for the sake of being cynical. Like, the dewdrop thing, I think some of the action was quite fair. 
I think they had some underrated matches on Raw, but they were just incredibly repetitive, very few builds, um, like rubbish finishes that led to matches with satisfactory finishes that never felt satisfactory because he didn't think they were going to happen because they'd done so many rubbish finishes. It's the paradox booking. It's a terrible booking. Um, I expect more of this, this criminal lack of depth in this Raw Women's Division. Yes, he could bring people back, but people will be prepared and desperate to cheer for Bailey again, is my prediction. Asuka's always evergreen popular. Alexa Bliss could do goddess stuff, not dark goddess stuff, <laughs> fiendess stuff, which is absolute bobbins. And I think even they have started to realize this. Um, but yeah, she's such a great big match player. She's so great at projecting her own star power on the one stage that writers don't really have anything to do with. Agents, wrestlers, you know, they can... The writers can chart the pass, and they're usually dismally boring, but on the night, they get very little to do with it. And funnily enough, without that albatross, <laughs> yes. Bianca Belair can be amazing all over again, and I think she'll continue to do that for the next however many years. I'd love to know your thoughts on the new brood, or should I call them the new blood? No. <laughs> Um, Edge and Damian Priest have aligned. There's speculation about the likes of Tommaso Ciampa and Rhea Ripley joining him. I'm not, I'm going to hold my hands up. I, I wasn't a fan of the AJ, Edge AJ Styles build, the Edge AJ Styles match, the promo on the Raw after WrestleMania. And yet, I still have some decent expectations for this stable, particularly when you bring in the likes of, of Rhea Ripley. What do you think of it all, though? I think it's Edge indulging long words that he thinks are intelligent. Yes, I know that can might be hypocritical. <laughs> and I just he's just found some metal guys to hang around with and tell dark, cool, brooding stories. I I think it's lame. For consistency's sake, I think the House of Black are also quite lame until the bell rings. But the problem now is that when the bell rings and Edge is in the ring, half the time he's laboring under a really false sense of gravitas. I found the match with AJ Styles deathly dull. I think that he thinks He's got a far deeper connection with the fans than he has, with this new character anyway. They loved him last year. Um, this stuff isn't connecting. I think it's the worst stuff he's done since literally 2001, when he was amazing. The worst stuff he's done since 1998, 1999, this, for Edge. Doesn't suit his strengths as a performer at all. Uh, people love factions. People love factions. This might get them so far. You can't really measure the Raw after WrestleMania crowd. They're always quite performative, contrarian increasingly exhausted now that WrestleMania is <laughs> ballooned in length. Um, I think they just wanted to take the piss. I don't think people were mad into the edge stuff before that in front of the, n- the normal towns that they hit. People love factions, however. If you remember the Hurt Business, right, they simply looked amazing. They worked Apollo Crews for three consecutive months legitimately, and people still fondly remember the Hurt Business because they looked cool and people like stables because stables rule. On that basis... People might like this, but I've got no interest in it whatsoever. I just think it's dorky. Yes, and again, I understand the goddamn hypocrisy of that. I'm dressed like I just listen to Yacht Rock, and I do. <laughs> but, yeah, just not for me, this. I just find it so pretentious. So I agree with all of that. And yet, I also have a feeling that the stable is going to be a success. Mm. In relative terms, anyway. As much as a success as it can be. The Edge... Turn was it just was what it was. The match was greeted mostly to silence in the building, save for a, a couple of bits at the end when people believed it was their time and their turn to chant, This is awesome. The Damien Priest appearance didn't get a particular reaction, and yet I heard murmurings of, and this is a quote, new ministry, right? New something, new thing that I like that is loosely related to something else because they dropped the light or whatever. Nonsense, right? Fundamentally, nonsense. People go on. 
like the brood were any good. Yeah. I've got nostalgic affection for the goddamn brood. They weren't players in the storyline. It barely lasted that long. Stop putting the brood over. <laughs> and it's not just the brood, right? People love factions. So Edge with so Damien Priest, Rhea Ripley, and Tommaso Ciampa, right? Mm-hmm. I think genuinely, as much as this character feels one-dimensional and the promos where he blames each and every one of us are ludicrous and lies, really... Um, I think the stable represents something different and something new that people want to see. And three characters that people, and I understand why, genuinely think by being sidled up with Edge, we'll get all sorts of Edge dust on them and we'll get a rub and, and whatnot. And they, they think that's something. I think this is the evolution principle. But what a lot of people don't realize, because they've probably only watched the network documentary, is evolution is maybe the biggest lie of all, right? Didn't work. Dave Batista got incredibly over, and him and Batista and him and Triple H did an awesome number for WrestleMania 21. Why? Because they completely screwed up Randy Orton. Completely, completely botched it. Right? I dare anyone to go back and watch every segment Evolution were in between what 2002 and 2004. Yeah, and he'll give up after three because it's so boring. The Triple H promos are dull. He just says the same thing every week. You know, he's the one diamond. He's backed up by the old diamond. These are the two new diamonds. While one diamond is already being. Just like having all of its shine taken off it in Randy Orton. The Petita Triple H element of this worked really well. So people have supplanted that one thing on Evolution being a success story. When, when it wasn't really, it's really dull stuff week to week. Them having all the belts, nice visual. The kind of things that people remember without actually having to stop and remember because you can just Google image it. It's that, I think, that they're supplanting onto this possible edge stable because Rhea Ripley is new and in desperate need of direction. Tommaso Ciampa's going to struggle Else, like elsewhere. He looks as old as Ric Flair. On Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Maybe he's going to take the edge roll. Um, Damien Priest, uh, the young stud. He's like six years younger than Edge or something. You know, what, whatever it is, they're not that far apart compared to Ric Flair and Triple H. It's just, it's one of them things where if you if you drill down and you look at the, like the granular details of this, it's fundamentally flawed. But I don't think people, a lot of people look in that detail at Raw or at WWE, and they'll just look at their... They're already thinking of the studio shots of the four of them together. They're already imagining um, Tommaso Ciampa, Damien Priest and Edge working six-man matches and thinking it's pretty cool. I do like, and they, I think they had some success with the way, I do like that they're folding Rhea Ripley into the group because that suggests that she's going to get stories. They have, They just don't tell stories with women. That's the main problem with the division. It's not about numbers. It's not about parity of match time or anything like that. Queen of the Ring tournament notwithstanding, they just don't have angles and stories and characters for the most part, unless you're fighting the champion. So Rhea Ripley having a character and maybe being involved in an angle because of this group is probably going to help her. But it, people will love this without ever really thinking why they do. I don't think I, I, It's not something I'm personally excited about, but they'll get a lot of TV time. Edge might win a world title that will validate this whole thing. Or, you know, that her business being a great example because what do people remember about the Hurt Business? The picture of them all with the belts. You know, it's, it's that exact thing without ever having to drill into it. Uh, finally, a quick word on the celebrities that appeared at WrestleMania. I think Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn was what it was, and, and I think that was fairly definitive uh, and enjoyable, I will say. Uh, but in terms of Logan Paul and Pat McAfee, it's more of a question mark there, especially with, with Pat McAfee. A quick word on both of those. Yeah, so Logan Paul um, was, was great on the night, showed tremendous instincts. He's obviously... It's not like he's it's he's been in front of a camera being really dislikable. He's pretty good at that in his what he's just come from. It's how he's you know achieved a certain amount of status and fame and, and wealth. But 
more than anything, the Logan Paul success story was a very contemporary WWE story. They really look after celebrities now, but the celebrities in turn seem to want to make the moment count as well. You don't have the the days of old of the celebrities dogging it that just turn up for a payday and they go, oh God, what's my agent got me doing tonight? There's less of that than ever. It's not, there was once upon a time where celebrities were almost more of a beg from WWE. Now it feels like a two-way thing. We can work for you. You can work for us. Everybody benefits. And as a result, they really protect the celebrities in the booking. And it's a great experience for the fans, and we're, we're kind of looked on a mix. Pat McAfee's a different story. Pat McAfee, through that video package he made himself, yeah. has shown us like this video evidence of him while he was making that football money, getting a ring set up, because that was kind of what he was more into, you know? So there is a story that we didn't even know that was there when Pat McAfee was ruling against Adam Cole. It turned out he had a little bit more than he was letting on. And good that he didn't let on, because you wanted to be surprised by it. You wanted to be wowed by this theoretical amateur being able to do the things he's done. He's a bit more practiced than that. But what he is, is um, over because he doesn't feel part of the churn. He doesn't feel part of the grind. He doesn't feel like he needs it. And that should tell WWE everything. It won't. It never will. This time next year, they're all going to be pointing at the sign and just desperate to be part of the show and suckle at the teat. Pat McAfee doesn't need any of that. And that puts him head and shoulders above everybody else. That guy, to me, live and in person, felt more like the acting WWE champion than either Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar because even them have kind of like outstayed their welcome more than a guy like McAfee who just walks around with the swagger of a guy that wants to be the best at this because he wants to be the best at it not because he wants the opportunity or anything all of those sort of WWE cliches they can even put them in his mouth and they don't sound real coming out of it because he's got his other six or seven professions that he's made millions (laughs) in to go and do that if it doesn't work out for him he cut a promo with his showing off his bruise after Wrestlemania where was that promo cut? on his private jet, leaving WrestleMania for the night, still in the gear he wore, because we know that to be the life he leads. I don't think they can put a lid on him or put a thumb on him in the way they do virtually everybody else, and that might be the best chance he's got at being this company's top star. I watched uh, a quick note on both. I've said this about five times. I don't care. I thought this spot was legitimately like bordering on genius. Logan Paul, WrestleMania. He does the first of the three Amigos. He lets the fact that he's hit a suplex sink in. Go and watch it. It's incredible. He does the first one. And then he allows people to think, is he doing the three (laughs) amigos? And there's like a really amazing pregnant pause before he like rolls the hips and does the thing with the legs. And it's like, you want people to stew in this transgression. That's the best genuine improvised heel work I've seen in WWE in ages and ages, at least that I can remember. Unfortunately, they're turning him babyface, and he shouldn't play babyface, and I can only forecast disaster, realistically, on that basis. Pat McAfee should be WWE champion. Yeah. Seriously, Pat McAfee should be WWE champion. I wasn't even a Pat McAfee guy before WrestleMania, and now I kind of am. Despite everything. Despite everything. Isn't the Vince McMahon's, because I know you... Well, this is the thing. This is the goddamn thing, right? I will forecast doom and gloom about a wrestler when they are off TV for two weeks. I will consider them boring if they're just on TV. That's how drab everything is. I should, by rights, have watched the Austin Theory match. I thought it was great for what it was. Really fun, all the rest of it. Think about what happened next. He is made to bump around like a tit (laughs) for a 76-year-old Mr. McMahon who was legitimately as bad, if not worse, than Iron Sheik at Heroes of Wrestling. That's legitimately the, the level of like yep. work we're talking about here. Pat McAfee should have looked stupider than he did. Why didn't he? Pat McAfee should have been embarrassed. Why wasn't he? Why didn't I feel that vicarious embarrassment on his behalf? Why did it feel like, oh, this doesn't count? 
this doesn't ruin the magic of what just happened. And he got a gif and a meme with his incredible stunner cell immediately afterwards. And then he got another meme by drinking beer on the ground when he was half knocked out because it was incredibly well-timed physical comedy. I watched that disaster with Mr. McMahon and it just did not register to me. It's the sort of career-killing disaster at all. And I'm thinking, how has that worked? And it's because the guy is a goddamn megastar and they should probably convince him to do a world title run. I'm absolutely serious. I just don't understand why he wasn't embarrassed or humiliated. Mm. Or if, I didn't feel less of him when I absolutely should have looking at all the evidence. Why is that? Because he's a star who's genuinely, and I'm talking about this in WWE tones, unupable. <laughs> the rules don't apply to stars, and that's typically the case, isn't it? If somebody is a star, and I thought this about Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair in the night, you know, in spite of some of the missteps in that story, as soon as they entered and you realised you're in the presence of stars because the fight felt big, the match felt big, the stakes felt important. And so much of the, the fluff and the nonsense just goes away. And there was lots of that in McAfee and Vince. And, it, you know, he laid there and looked at the lights on his first WrestleMania after his first win, no less. You got 50-50 booked. Yeah, 50-50 yeah, booked. With, uh, like, but it doesn't matter. F- nearly a Simpsons gag. It was nearly a football in the groin. And that's what he ended up getting pinned by in the end. The Seven Nation Army thing, yeah. absolutely inspired. I'd since learned, I think, that sometimes he comes out, obviously, but it's before the show, isn't it? But like he's given that entrance music when he comes out in you know, for SmackDown commentary. But it's never reached the point where you've ever heard it being chanted on a SmackDown, so it's not something that sticks. Seeing it there like that, Zack Sabre Jr.'s had that chant before. It's obviously now been in terraces for years. It's been like, well applied to other sports. And again, Pat McAfee having background from another sport, it works too. He's now got his own signature song as well, which is a really helpful part of the package when you're looking at things to try and make somebody feel huge on a big stage. I'd, I can see no reason why they wouldn't. I'd, if, if they haven't already done it by January, I'd assume him to be a Royal Rumble favourite. Exciting times ahead for WWE. Let us know your thoughts on the new directions for them after WrestleMania 38 in the comment section below. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, of course. Plus, you can let us know your thoughts on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch there. You can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. But for now, this has been Get the Table. My thanks to the Daddy Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.